0: All right. Another day in paradise. Here I am. I am Eric Winaldo coming to you from Blue Wire Studios. This is for the win. And uh, I am in the beautiful Wynn Hotel Resort Casino. Very gray day in Las Vegas today. I'm spilling out of a weekend that normally under normal circumstances, I would have handled today's podcast a little differently. This is a lot going on in in the footballing world. There's trophies being given out. Lewandowski, Ronaldo, topics, that we could, we could jump into. I, I do want to go over a little bit of what happened with, it, with Pepe this weekend. Our good friend Derek Ray decided to share on Twitter that uh, Germany was not so kind in their ranking of how he played in his game the other day against Frankfurt. I, I believe he got 80 minutes. I think that's a little longer than I predicted. Uh, did not score. Did get one chance. Uh, but in in Germany, that there's a, a, a magazine called Kicker Magazine. Players hate it and love it, to be honest. And it's it's been in existence for a long time. But within that magazine, on after every game, there's a uh, reporter designated to each game, and then they rate the players one through six. One being world class, six being god awful. Nobody ever really gets a six. I mean, you you have to get red carded and in the, in the first minute to get a six. You get a five rating, it's bad, right? It's just you had a bad game, something whether you got beat or, or you, you missed or, or kept trapping the ball out of bounds. And, and, and usually the, the, these ratings are fairly consistent. Pepe got a 4.5. That's bad. I put on Twitter, yeah, a little harsh, but so is Germany. Germany's going to be harsh. And this is where the, the ball starts to roll. I think Leverkusen is next. Frankfurt's no easy opponent. One-to-one was the final score. They are in a relegation fight. But this is when you read about your performance as a player as a young, impressionable kid. And you start second-guessing everything. I don't know who's around him and who's in his ear and how training's going this week or will go this week. This is where it gets tough. This is where it's no longer going to be fun. It's head down. Don't smile. Get your job done. We saw all those, those things that Augsburg tweeted out. It was like, here he comes. I'm like Ta-da, Captain America. And every, his every move was being not scrutinized. It was just being celebrated that he exists and he's there. And getting his first start, big deal. Uh, but the way he played, he looked lost. I'm, I'm seeing all the people on, on Twitter who are defending him saying, well, I didn't think he played that bad. I thought he, uh, he pressured well and he made a couple of good passes and, and he didn't you know, use his one chance. But I didn't think he played that bad. Welcome to the real world, America. Games over there matter. You're not allowed to have an off day without getting scrutinized. This is what I was alluding to a month ago. Oh, he's going to do great. It's going to be amazing seeing our young 18-year-old, 19 now, American scoring goals in the Bundesliga. (laughs) Wait a second. It's a little harder than you think. And it's not like the other guys aren't trying. You What do you think the other teams are doing? Oh, there's that $20 million kid. I'm watching text messages go back from scouts. And they don't even say his name. They say, oh yeah, Augsburg just signed some American boy who's completely overrated. I've already done the lineage for you. you figured it out. The owner of Salt Lake probably got a a, a rebate on his inclusion into the the league if he spent a couple million or 20 million on a player that could continue the narrative that Pepe was worth 20 million. He's not. He's nowhere close, in my opinion. But I, I don't want to say live that lie it certainly is a pressure that he doesn't need. And that's that's too much for this kid. We'll see how he does in the next one. Uh, I remember when Matthew Hoppe came jumping out of the gates, five goals in his first two games, and then everybody figured him out. And he went 12 games after that without a goal. And that's the definition of flash in a pan over there. They call you a shooting star. I know this because that's what they called me. I had a really good start. And then, you know, through the difficulties of what that league <laughs> represents when you're in a team with no money, and you get a couple of injuries, you're gonna lose a lot of games. You're gonna get a lot of four point fives in the in the uh, the ratings. When everybody's getting a four point five, that's when it goes bad. The problem, and I think that Derek Ray was alluding to in his tweet, is don't freak out, everybody. It's not a you know an unfair rating. The problem was is that he was one of the lowest rated players. Now, you got to also understand, as an American, that's the way this works. you got to be better than them. You can't be just good enough to be a part of it. You've took a German's job, and you're going to get scrutinized if you don't show up. The effort's got to be there. That's the one thing that I always thought was funny. One of a very, well, I wouldn't say very good, but friend of mine. I'm going to keep his name out of it, but he's a, he's a big roller in Holland. He's been a part of the national team programs and still... Still a huge name in the game. He said to me, when I <laughs> we were talking about German football in comparison to Holland, that he said, yeah, the really only difference between the Dutch and the Germans is if everybody in the stadium and all the players know that that ball's going out of bounds, if you're in Germany, you still chase it. They have to see it. And they'll applaud it. They'll, they'll actually applaud, even though they know ball's going out of bounds you got no chance to catch it but look how hard he worked yeah let's clap it's actually stupid and that's how the dutch make fun of the germans but pepe's in for it man it's going to get rougher it's not going to get easier and you know it's, it's it's sometimes how it works so hopefully the ball will hit him in the knee and go in the corner and he can just breathe a sigh of relief and relax but right now he looked locked up to me and that's the problem with 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 being in these kind of scenarios. You, you, you can't help it. You're a human being. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about everything when you're out there. You're not free. Your mind isn't free. And some of those runs look like, should I do this? Or should I do that? What should I do? Okay, I'm just going to do something. That's what it looked like to me. Because I got news for you. That's what it was. You can think whatever you want. There's a lot of people out there that think they're smarter than me. A lot of people who think they understand the German Bundesliga better than me. Have they ever played in it? No. Have they watched a lot of games? Yeah. There's probably a lot of people out there that are really good at Call of Duty that think that they should go to war. You don't get a reset button in the real thing. Just so you're clear. All right, but that's not what I want to talk about today. I'm on my way to Kansas City for the coaching convention tomorrow. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, which is always a wonderful opportunity, the exchange of ideas. And the networking component of it. There's a lot of businesses going on. There's a lot of people doing a lot of different kinds of businesses in all of aspects. You guys look beautiful. People just walking by, blowing me kisses. How wonderful is that? That's a nice thing. Anyway, so when you get to Kansas City, it's just like this big reunion. It's going to be difficult this year with everybody having a mask on. My speech is on Thursday at 11 o'clock. The, and my speech is entitled, Now, don't freak out on what I'm about to say, but my speech is entitled, The Problem is, us, capital U, capital S. Now, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to stir it up. I'm making a, an observation, and I'm trying to keep this real. Because there's a, there still is the perception in this country that we are progressing. We are not. We have just overcomplicated a process. And it seemingly is more important because people are spilling money into the idea of what they think is happening the reason I'm a little a little bit more frustrated than 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 usual with this is because I got to well to participate as a parent in a tournament this weekend it's called Vegas Cup LVsa is a is a big predominant club here in Las Vegas and they ran their tournament it's huge teams from all over the place uh, came to Las Vegas to play in this tournament now because of this scenario that, that it's it's Martin Luther King you know weekend and whatnot so the kids are out of school and you play on a Monday now, on the, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday part of this tournament, I really didn't get to see much because my wife and I are just trying to get the, you know, to manage the kids, get to the game on time and make sure that we're prepared and ready and know what uniform we're wearing and all that stuff, so just typical parent stuff. So, what I witnessed this weekend was just absolute idiocy. We have, I think I argued in the last podcast that we have a coaching problem in this country. We don't have a talent problem. We have a coaching problem. And I'll get into that in a second. But the behavior of these parents is absolutely insane. The things that they say, it's almost like they just go, they have these out-of-body experiences. And the, the shit that piles out of their mouth is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for them. I videoed them. I couldn't help it. I was like, oh my God, what is going on over there? At one point, so here's, here's, here's just a couple examples of what happened in this tournament. The team that my son's team was playing against didn't like two calls. Right, There's two things that happened in the game. The game wasn't, it wasn't, I've been, I've seen a ton of these games. This game wasn't out of control. The referee didn't lose control of the game, but there was one tackle and then the ball spilled away and then it was one more tackle on top of that. And the coach runs on the field and says, that's it, we forfeit. This is like five minutes into the second half. The score is two to one. I actually believe that it was the constant badgering from his parents that forced him to make this horrible decision. So he just basically pulled the kids off the field and said, we quit until this refereeing gets better. What he didn't realize is he'd already forfeited the game. So five minutes later when he changed his mind and said, all right, okay, okay, let's continue the game. The rules clearly state the game's over and you lost. And then these parents just lost a gasket over there and they're yelling at the other parents. And I'm proud of the parents that were part of my son's team because they just, they just didn't react. It didn't escalate into anything. So I thought that, I thought this was an isolated case, right? So I'm like, wow, that was crazy. So the next morning, my son had a game at 9am, so I had to get there at 8 and I am witness now to this team the Texans who are playing in a, in a in a game that which will determine whether they they move into the the semifinals. And it's the same stuff times 10. It's it couldn't be worse. The things that they are saying to the referee, the things that they are yelling out loud to their to their to their own kids and then on top of that they start going after the kids from the other team. And nobody's doing anything to stop this or deter them from, or, or there's no, it's just, it's almost been accepted by the referees. They just put the earmuffs on and just keep going. So then I, I think, oh my God. And then they scored a goal and this, I, he had to be a grandpa. I mean, he was wearing cowboy boots and he was wearing some kind of, I don't know what kind of pants they were. And they were tucked into his tie. And, and when they scored, he ran from sidelines of all the entire sidelines in front of the other parents, which didn't make everybody happy, carrying the Texan flag. And then it was, it was insanity. And then he spikes it into the ground. It goes, ah, that the other, at the other parents, because they scored to make it one-to-one. And then the game got competitive. And, and then as it would be the other team, I don't even know where they're from. I think they was Utah. They scored in the last second to eliminate the Texans. Here we go again. A bunch of parents standing on their lawn chairs, yelling at each other. What is wrong with you people? Now I thought that was enough, right? I'm thinking, okay, this is just madness. Is it the fact that all these parents came out to Vegas and probably lost a lot of money on the tables last night and they're taking it out on the game? I don't know. But it was pure insanity. But the worst of all, The worst of all, and I'm going to out this guy, and I don't care who he is because he is a perfect representation of the problem. There's a team called TFA in California, and I watched this team play. I've watched them a few times. This is at the 09 level. So these kids are 12 years old. Some of them are 11. The things that this coach said, I don't care, buddy. People will figure it out that listen to this. I hope they find you and they fire you and you get completely out of the youth game because you are a horrible, horrible coach and you have no idea what your function is in these young, impressionable kids' life is because you made it all about yourself. To yell, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm taking you out if you do it again. From the sidelines, so everybody could hear it. Now, the final score of his game, or that team, TFA's game, which was a wonderful game, in, in the sense that if you just could just turn, put the mute button on and not listen to this asshole, it was actually unbelievable soccer. Great players. And this is who I am. I watch these games. There's a kid, his name is Abraham, left footer, plays in that team, who I think is wonderful as a player. And this coach had the audacity to yell out loud, Abraham, why do you always have to make it about you? Because he missed a pass or missed a shot I think it was. He didn't make the right decision in the moment that matter. He did. And then the final score is 0-0. And all these parents, you know, schlep out of there going, I can't believe we didn't score. He didn't score because your coach has ruined these kids' ability to play free. Absolutely destroyed their confidence. And doesn't allow them to play the game because he made it all about himself. And this is where we get weird. This is where people don't understand the difference between a winning mentality and win at all costs or whatever you want to call it and developing a style of play or a way of, but when you develop a culture that toxic with the kind of talent that was on the field that day, you need to go do something else, buddy. You are not a coach. Hispanic guy, probably about 40 pounds overweight. If I could create a wanted sign. And he'd be up at the library right now. Well, what do you mean the post office? That's what I meant to say. Man, I'm going into the, I'm going to Kansas City. I'm going to give him my speech. And people, people will, you know, accuse me of a lot of things. They'll, they'll say that I'm just trying to be controversial. I'm trying to, to, to stir it up, whatever. No, that's not what I'm doing. I've spent, you know, a majority of my life being a player. And then I thought my function was to help players be better players. And I was always considered a player's coach or whatever you want to call it. But I made it about them. But what I've realized in this process, especially since I've left the game as a player, as a commentator, and as a coach, that this country has an unbelievable coaching problem, but it's a culture problem. The culture that we have created in this country, one is not our own. It's, I don't think it's an identified way of playing or a style of play or a philosophy. It's a borrowed thing from somebody else, whether that's a Hispanic. Europe, South America, whatever. We're borrowing somebody else's ideas. We don't have any ideas of our own. We're the United States of America, but we'll follow you right into the fire. We don't care. We have no ability to be innovative. We just allow this to happen. I mean, God, this is, you know, if, if that's a statement of soccer is the sport of the future and always will be, has never been more true than today because we are not America. We don't have an idea or a clue what we are. We're borrowed ideas. We go from the flavor of the month to the next best thing. It could be Spain. It could be France. It doesn't matter. I listened to a French guy from Seattle yell at his team from the sidelines in his French accent. It sounded like he was from Bordeaux, actually. You must take him on. This is soccer 101. As loud as he could. He said that. This is soccer one one You must take him on. How is that? that? That is what I've realized that the majority of these coaches because they are getting paid to do it. And that's the elephant in the room. Every parent has an opinion because they paid to have one. No, you'll hear me. You'll hear me because I paid what? Uh, so far this year, $3,700 for you to coach my team. So you're going to hear me. So what, what these coaches, they're, they're not talking to their players. They're just saying stuff out loud so that their parents can hear them. And all they are is just a different way of having an excuse for why they're losing the game or they're not good at what they do. But just to watch the player, to watch their heads go down. That kid at TFA, Liam, right back. You're a good player. I don't care what that guy thinks. You did well. You were number 18. You didn't deserve to get yelled at like. And I watched you from a pretty clear vantage point. Now watch your game suffer. Not because if you weren't good enough to do it. And she goes, every time you got the ball and you happen to be the right back, your coach got his joystick out and fed your mind full of instructions. And sometimes it were the complete two seconds later, it was the complete opposite of what he told you to do. Drop it. Play it forward. Don't keep it. What is that? Who are these people? Who gave them a license to do this? So when we complain about the United States Soccer Federation not facilitating enough people to take the programs that would give them the paperwork to allow them to coach these kids, I'm starting to believe that they're onto something. I saw some of the worst coaching I've ever seen this year, and it all happened in two days, at Vegas Cup. And it was the culture that was coming in from Texas, Utah, Los Angeles, and Seattle. And these people pay a lot of money because they're believing that this is a healthy environment for their kid. And it was just a cesspool of idiocy. It's pretty horrible. Pretty horrible. Okay, sorry to bum everybody out. But so when I get passionate about coaching, when I get passionate about helping, I'm not trying to piss you off. There's people that will get pissed off because these people are salesmen. They, they're selling a program. They're selling a, a something. And I'm trying to tell people, don't do that. That's great. That's great. That's what you do in Spain. Don't bring it over here. Keep it in Spain. That's great, Italy. That's wonderful. You understand who you are. Don't sell it over here. We don't need to try and be you. We need to try to be us. The reason why I get passionate about this is because I do not believe that we will ever or can aspire to be a soccer nation until we know who we are and stop trying to be everybody else. I get it. United States it's melting pot. Yeah, I get it. I, I understand. We have enough personalities coast to coast to, to cover 40 European countries. There aren't actually, but you know what I mean. But just like, you know, if, if you, the, the, the Western point of Russia all the way to England, man, a bunch of languages and a bunch of different styles, but at least they're true to themselves. We continue to allow all of these ideas. To infiltrate and it really deters us from finding our own heart. It's in there somewhere, trying to be American. But uh, right now, it's an impossibility. So when I get all well, involved with these things, it's because I, I used to think that it was about the players. But I do think there's a way for me to change gears here. And I need to start helping coaches. Because until we have an army of coaches who are doing this appropriately, there's no right or wrong way, but appropriately, we will continue to sputter, we will continue to marry ourselves to mediocrity. And worst, the worst part, is we can't even look in the mirror and recognize who we are. We can't tap into something that isn't ours. It's borrowed, it's fake. It certainly isn't real. So when you wonder why we fail, and we are failing, regardless, when when you hear my speech, if you go, You'll get a chance to see that when it will be streamed. You'll understand where I'm coming from. I ran for president of U.S. Soccer because I thought I could change it. This industry that, that exists only in America, and the amount of money that people are paying, not just for instruction, but for travel. When you, start, when you start investigating this stuff and you realize there's more travel companies out there than there are new clubs, you start to go, okay, there might be a problem here but people are opportunistic. They understand. People that run clubs. This is not a slag on LDSA, but I know the guy who runs it. And he's a great guy. His name is Jim Rasmussen. His son, just, Justin, who had trained with me with Las Vegas Lights, went to Grand Canyon, was just drafted, I think 26th overall. And the amount of pride that Jim and Patty, that's his parents, have for that accomplishment is beautiful all that work. It's almost like when when we spend all this money to try and get into college, we end up spending more money in the process than college would have costed in the first place. But that's our definition of success. But Jim is smart. Not only does he have his own travel company and run a club, he also makes the shirts because there's multiple revenue streams within the framework of owning and having a club. You run a couple of tournaments and now you can afford through that money. And let's face it. I mean, everybody does it. I'm not, I'm not saying Jim does. I'm just saying everybody does it through the kickback of what, what comes through the people that stay in hotels, because it's no longer pay to play. It's play to stay. That, that's, 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 that's the other one that may, maybe many of you don't even realize. And I, I know all the scouts, right? So I, I run into these guys. These guys are good. These guys are good. They they go deep. They're looking at 08, 09 games. These are professional clubs from our region that come out to see what the 12-year-olds look like. And they're on it. They have a really good idea who the players are. And then there's their frustration. The player, Abraham, that's over there at TFA, He's not the one that gets selected. I'd build a whole damn team around that kid. And then what happens is, is the kid that's 12, 13, 14, 15, whether they're being financed or helped or whatever it is, if if, a lot of kids can't afford it, but there's people that can. The industry gravitates to the people who can afford it. They're not a part of a club. They're a customer. They're a paid customer who's being monitored at all times. And their credit card is on file. They don't ask if you had a bad month or you got fired, they run the credit card. And sometimes it pops up, a uh, uh, credit card invalid. And these people don't hesitate. They call you immediately and say, oh, your credit card didn't work. Uh, did you have a new credit card? Or And that's the excuse, right? Because if somebody literally has overdrawn their credit card or they're, they're not having a good, they don't have money, which comes spinning out of Christmas, they don't care. You're late on your $167 payment. We're going to put a stop train on you. Yeah, I mean, wow. I talked to a director of, a, of a, per, a predominant club out here. And it's just madness. It's madness. If anybody, if, so my kid ended up playing, let me figure this out. One, two, three, four, five games in four days. And that last day, you know, it, it, I took my son home in between games, a nine o'clock game, then a one o'clock game. Because they played in the final and they won, which was great. There's always that great moment where they get to hold up the trophy and they're all jumping up and down and you, and it it all makes sense for that second. How about the team that gets to the final and loses from Northern California? Who was better than my son's team in multiple ways, much better. I mean, that number seven that plays for that team, I'll tell you, some kids hit puberty a little earlier. That kid's, he's, he's already there. (laughs) Great player though. Strong, quick. Moves the ball. A couple of players were really good, but they were better. And they went to penalty kicks and my son's team won. But in between games, 9 to one right? It's a, it's a quick turnaround. I mean, the, the game's over and that's 11 o'clock. And now we've played, f- well, f- the first four games we've played at one venue and now we've got to get home, change uniforms. All the kids bring their uniforms with them because they never know what they're going to have to wear. But with the change, but I took my son home. We haven't been you know, going into the pool or the jacuzzi. So the water's freezing. We did it. The ice bath in between. And his knees are just all cut up. And we somehow, and he goes, I'll I'll tell you what, dad, I feel better. I think that worked. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, ice baths are good. They suck, but they work. But watching that last game and watching those kids, just watching the wheels fall off, risking injury, and they're dropping like flies. The game goes 15 minutes and then another kid cramps up or another kid gets hurt. Or there's a bad tackle. There's a the coach that wants to stop the game because he doesn't think the, they think the refereeing is cooperating. I've said this before, man. Coaches lose games. Players win them. Referees ruin them. That's the rule. That's not a slag on refs. It's just you're always going to get blamed. No matter what. Game doesn't go, you know, you're never going to get it right. You're never going to be everybody. You're the only one that's in that category. So it sucks. And it's all for the love of money. This doesn't make LDSA the bad guy. Everybody's doing it. Everybody runs a tournament. And Vegas is in a great spot because people want to come here. They can just stay in a really nice hotel at a really low rate. And this time of year, the games cooperate. And it's it's because the weather is okay. Sometimes it gets cold at night, but... People want to come here. and They want to play in the tournament. We play in the tournament. It's great hotels. It's a great, it's a great, it's, you can look forward to it, right? The five games in four days. The, the goal, because it's a battle of attrition. These coaches are, are subbing like crazy. You got to have free subs. And then you have, in some of these competitions, you, oh, it's an, un, it's, it's, it's not a, it's, you have a competitive advantage and blah, 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 and all the, all the, Stuff that the rules that they put it, it's endangering our kids, but we, but we do it anyway. Anyway, that sounds like a rant. The name of my speech or the title of my speech is The Problem Is Us. You know, a couple of years ago, five years ago, I, the name or the title of my speech was Why Not Us? Same thing. Now I know why. And it's sad. It breaks my heart to know that until we start to understand how to get things right, It's not going to get better. Now I will commend. This might surprise some people, but because of the way that the developmental academies worked with the United States Soccer Federation, and it was too big of a monster to handle, the fact that MLS has now stepped up and created that pathway. Is it perfect? No, but it is a pathway. My team, or my son's team, is an MLS next team. The pieces of that, and the the as far as the way that it's organized, and some of the the requirements that they put in there for these teams is smart. It's smart. And this new uh, MLS Next Pro, which is an extension of MLS Next independent and connected teams to the academy, to the MLS Pro, Next Pro, and then to the real deal. And there's still there's still a one more piece in there. You, you know, when, you, when you make an MLS squad, that doesn't mean you made the team. It means you're training with them which means if it doesn't work out, they'll bump you down. See, it used to see it a lot with the USL, but those two are, are, are having their own war. The way that this is, is laid out is impressive and needs to be commended. It may or may not, but it, right now it's, it has, it's giving all the indicators that this is a better pathway. It's a better way to go because it has a direction. It has an end. There's a light at the end of that tunnel. It's not just running through the woods with a flashlight. So I'm actually hoping, (laughs) I'm living on hope here, that it works out for my kid, because he's good. Had five goals and two assists throughout the tournament. He went into penalty kick shootout twice. He scored both of those. Great moments, man. It's great. It's, It's great to see your son enjoy the game. What sucks is that, you know, he gets in the car, and he's asleep before I get home. And then you have to peel him off of the seat and watch a 12-year-old limp to the house, and he looks 50. That's, that's what worries me. That's what worries me. The game shouldn't be that taxing. It should be a whole work week for the people that were administering the training. A game, and you put everything into that game, and then you learn from that game. Because what unfortunately happens is that in this country, our kids pace themselves through games and opponents. Parents out there, you know how this works. Dad, who are we playing today? Oh, we're playing so-and-so. Oh, they're not that good. Maybe, I, maybe I'll um, um, sit out and then come in as a sub. And Because uh, who are we playing after them? Playing so-and-so. Oh, they're good. So you, you, don't, even, you don't even apply yourself. The game in the middle. And and these are habits and these are things that end up dictating your mentality and your ultimately, if it ever gets there, your professionalism when you finally get to a higher level. Because it's an understood behavior over there. You give it, you go, you're 100%. You're not 60% just because you got three more games to play. It's one game. Put it in. All right, speech is Thursday, 11 o'clock. It'll be in Kansas City. Uh, for those of you who I will be getting to catch up with and with the pandemic has, has uh, taken a toll on a lot of us, it'd be great to see some familiar faces. I'm actually pretty excited to, uh, you, people wouldn't know this name, but he's probably one of the, the bigger thinkers uh, in, America, in the American uh, sports landscape. <laughs> landscape in the soccer is uh, George Altiers, who's, who runs Capelli. I really i am starting to really like that stuff. They sent me a box of that stuff. I, I, you know, it, it, I don't know, You've, there's a lot of Capelli out there. Smart move too, to, to partner with the referees. All the referees are wearing Capelli. I think I actually saw a Capelli uh, emblem on a yellow card. Smart move, he's a good businessman. Hope I get to run into him. He also owns Duisburg in Germany. People don't know who he is. And I think he likes it that way. And I apologize for bringing your name up, but I like George. I think George is one of the, the people who is kind of visionary. This country needs more of. Either way, I'm going to run at a bunch of people and I can't wait to get there. Nine o'clock tomorrow is my flight. I'm going to be um, doing my speech, a couple of dinners. I was hoping to uh, catch up with all my 1990 uh, teammates because that was our reunion that got canceled. So we'll do that sometime in spring, but otherwise. Uh, if you get to see me out there, make sure you say hello. If you see me and you recognize me, I'll be wearing a mask just as you will be. But if I don't recognize you, don't be, uh, don't be offended. Sometimes people with masks are unrecognizable. It's just part of the deal right now. Either way, looking forward to seeing everybody out there. Um, that's it for today. Be good human beings out there. Love each other. Take care of each other. And we'll hear you next time.